Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is The Podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books you read and want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day, working on our app, Nosby. Or whatever else comes to mind. And today we are continuing our discussion, I mean, pre-discussion about goal setting and plans, because we want to really prime you for like for the best advice ever to set <laughs> goals and, and, you know, get your best year ever. Yeah, uh, this is what we do every year. Um, for me, it, it's been for at least last couple of years, which is to do an annual review, a proper annual review, not the New Year's resolution, but to really think about uh, last year and what you want to achieve and setting goals, setting a plan for next year and doing it right. So we've discussed this on the last two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an episode on sort of a, a new a new template for how to set goals, how to make a plan, how to structure it in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. And last week we've discussed um, values and how to select, how to really select which goals make sense for us and which are not really that important. And today we're going to talk about what exactly? How to stop doing stuff. And why it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So last last year, when we've discussed uh, annual review, you've mentioned this idea of closing last year, uh, which is to say to um, sort of come to grips with um, how last year went and sort of start anew. Uh, and so if you've made a plan to, to do something and you 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 didn't achieve that goal, you don't have to move that goal for next year, right? You like it's it's okay to just give it up and and decide that your uh, your plans have changed. Like like stuff that's not yet done doesn't autom- automatically move to next year. It's it's a new decision to make, right? Yes. Um the thing is uh, that we very often forget that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. And we, in the previous episodes, when we were talking about our values, one of the biggest values for me, as I mentioned, was a choice that I can choose things I want to do. And even though this is one of my biggest values, only last year when one of my friends, Michał Szafranski, mentioned that on his podcast, I realized that I was still trapped in this mindset of of automatically, automatically move moving things to next year because, of course, they haven't been completed then. They have to be completed at some point later. Mm-hmm. But if you follow GTD, getting things done concept, there is this concept of someday maybe. So maybe instead of automatically moving as your next goal for next year, this goal, this last year's goal, should be moved to a different place, to a someday maybe place. Uh, or called quarantine, you know, for later ideas and later things to execute. Because this only, like, first of all, it empowers you that you have a choice. So mm-hmm. this way, and this, and then, and then the other thing is that you, there are trade-offs. If you are not doing this anymore, they might, they might have been a reason why you haven't completed it. And one of the reasons could be that you know it's not only that relevant as you thought it would be. And this way, if you take it to something maybe, you create space for new things, for new stuff, for more relevant stuff. And that's why um, it sounds obvious, but it's not. And for me, it was kind of eye-opener that I had this choice of closing or sh- basically shutting something down, uh, even you know halfway done. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's right. Uh, and something similar I've noticed uh, this year is that sometimes it, it, it's not just about like very specific goals, like projects, uh, but also things you do on a continuous basis. Like uh, sometimes there is something that you used to do more and now you do less of it. And I've realized that sometimes it's okay. Because uh, last year when you've mentioned closing the year, I, I'm i not sure I fully understood that at the time because it was not relevant to to my situation at the time. Uh, but but this year when I was sort of when I was reviewing things, I realized that there's a bunch of areas, not projects, but sort of areas and habits where I've I no longer do them as much as I used to. Uh, so for example, uh, I used to uh, blog quite a lot. Uh, in 2015, I've written uh, I think like 10 blog posts or something. Last year, I've written one, um, and I mean, 2016, I've written one, and 2017, I've written none. Uh, similarly with uh, public speaking, uh, I've done a lot of that in 2016, and in 20, 2017, I've done zero. And uh, I didn't read as many books in 2017 as in previous year. Um, I've done 20 books, not 34, and I didn't take as many uh, notes, or rather... I was taking a lot of notes while reading the book, but never sort of synthesized them. I only like have like scribbles, uh, yes. and also I, I'm not as physically active uh, right now. Not in um, 2017 as at some point in 2016, and uh, my weight, while still very good, is not at the all-time low. Right, it's 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 good, but it's not as good as before. Yeah. So, um, so just a short, if if it doesn't disrupt your train of thought, uh, this uh, with the weight thing, uh, this happens, and uh, this happens not only because of these situations, but also because of food and other things. And with that, with that, uh, well, in this episode, we are supposed to be saying what we we should be stop so stopping doing. Well, one of the things I stopped doing um, was uh, eating stuff eating shit so eating not good stuff because uh, i did my diet four years ago over the mm -hmm. last four years i've been kind of you know getting back getting back a little bit more kilos and now i had to again cut the thing and start my slow carb diet process again mm -hmm. uh, because uh, my weight is coming to very dangerous um levels so in uh, with that with that i i kind of re reinstated my things, and I think this is what you're getting at it. That why some of the habits or old habits you have to reinstate again, right? Uh, yes, but also no. Um, uh huh. So, um, like w w with that, it is something that I definitely um, keep on keep my eye on. Uh, like mm -hmm. I, I keep tracking it. It's on my list. Uh, but my my realization is is actually something different. Uh, mm -hmm. It's that. I've realized it's toxic to hold yourself to the highest standard you've ever achieved. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, because um, the thing is that, um, like with weight and exercise uh, and with reading, I'm still doing very well, okay? Um, 
my my weight is still uh, better for than it was you know ninety percent of my life. The the basic sort of habits like my the way I eat has been transformed forever. Uh, like th- there are some most basic choices that I've replaced with other things, such that it, it's it's just not going to rise to the same level it's been uh, before. So that's good. With exercise, um, I'm still far more physically active, again, than for 90% of my life. I can still run 10 kilometers. I'm fine, right? Uh, I also still read a lot. And even though I haven't, like, I, I, I wasn't as regular last year with the habit of publishing my book notes, I was still taking book notes and we are still discussing some books, right? Oh, yes. So, like, the the thing I realized is that um, those, those areas, those three areas where I've been before, I've only been better at them when they were my singular focus. Right. <clears throat> right? Like, in, in 2016, like, uh, between 2015 and 2016, I've read the book why we get fat, uh, link in the show notes, the book and to our discussion. And I've realized some things and I've changed things. And over the, you know, uh, sometime after that, I, I've changed my eating habits and I lost a lot of weight. Similarly, I, uh, I started doing gym and I was doing that very intensively. Uh, but it sort of, you know, fizzled away. Like I, I was never as like this intensive afterwards, but, but it, it's okay. Like it's, it's just it's hard to expect from myself to be as good with those things as I've been at my peak, but with all of them at the same time because that was never true. Like I was I was never as good with weight and exercise and reading and book note taking and blogging and public speaking and also other new things I've done in 2017, right? Uh, but. It's just something I I haven't quite noticed because it's always been like when planning, it's always sort of feels like a a progression. Like you don't stop doing things. You, especially with habits, like you get good at something and then you layer on on top of on top of that. So you you don't fall back and like not hitting that that peak lifetime uh, achievement all the time made me feel sort of bad before I realized how ridiculous it is. Um, because like I fall back. Yeah, but yeah, okay, I, I totally get it now. So there are trade-offs always in life, as you said. We like, the peak performance shouldn't be our standard. You're totally right. Yeah. I was reviewing my well link in the show notes. Um, I have my yearly reviews, and now I'm writing the 2017 yearly review. And what I meant when I also realized is, for example. Every year I post how many kilometers I ran, how many kilometers I biked, and how mm-hmm. many kilometers I swam. And mm-hmm. for example, over the last two years, I've, I, ha- I have been running less than at my peak in 2014. And I should be feeling bad about myself, right? But no, I'm still run- running a lot. So my habit is there. So yeah. it's, 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 it's there. It's just a lo- at a lower level because naturally, because it's a habit now, it's not a thing, it's not a, my point of focus. Um, it had to, you know, go to lower standards. But of course, surprise, surprise. The trade-off is this, that in the same time, my swimming improved because now swimming is one of my main focuses. So yeah. this way I focus on the swimming. I'm right now logging <laughs> lots of swimming hours. And I haven't been doing that then, right? And I expect that after this year, if I reach like my swimming, you know, goal, uh, 
next year, swimming won't be my focus anymore. It will just be a thing I do and I will be logging less swimming hours. Because of that, the, the, the problem would be if I would completely stop doing swimming because then mm-hmm. it meant that then it would mean uh, that I just completely lost it. And as you can see from my running logs and biking logs, I haven't lost it. I'm still there. I'm still in shape. I'm just not at my peak level, uh, which is, as you said, fine because I have to focus on other things and I cannot be on one hand on a peak performance there while still being focused on something else. Exactly. Yeah, but it's just a a a trap in thinking that I, I got myself into before I before the, the annual review when I started like thinking about it more deeply. And I, I think the most crucial, the most important thing with um with sort of habits and, and just things like that is that you track them. Because if you have the data, you can constantly keep an eye on it. So with weight and exercise, I log those. So I I won't get into the other trap, which is to feel that I'm fine and then stop doing it at all for so long that I really regress to a bad level. But that is not the problem. The problem the problem is opposite. Like because I'm less than I was at the peak, I I see sort of like especially w- when you put it on a graph, it sort of gets worse, right? And so you naturally extrapolate in your mind that that at this um, pace. You know, in a year it will be there, but that's not necessarily true. Like it's just you're, you know, not as good as at the peak, but that's okay because then it was the singular focus. Then it was something you really focused on uh, when you when I was like establishing uh, a new, uh, a completely new diet or or a new habit. And as long as I keep a check on this, that is fine. Like that is. It, like I, it's not so important that I need to be at the, what I was the peak all, all the time. Yeah, coming back to your books, I mean, you just you all, you only read twenty books, but if you compare it to your low levels, like like when you ha- weren't listening consciously to audiobooks, uh, mm-hmm. well, you were reading like maybe one, maybe two two books a year, and now you're you know at your low level, you're eating, you're you're, you're um, um, getting twenty books, which without thinking too much about it yeah so it was i think three or four paper books a year uh, before audiobooks so yeah like five five times difference exactly so it's not that bad and coming back sorry to my diet now mm-hmm. i am now i can put it better in, in perspective so i lost my weight in 20 in 2014 and then it was my focus to lose weight slow carb diet the whole nine yards will link in, in the show notes and i lost it and I haven't missed it then <laughs> since. So what I did in, in the last four years, I was just more or less controlling the thing. And I was mm-hmm. controlling it very well. And as we can you know, attest to our weight-ins uh, during this, this, uh, the run of the show, I was doing fine. But of course, at some point, uh, I had to cor- now I had to correct the course because I realized I just went a little bit too much up. Mm-hmm. And then right now I'm putting, I'm stressing the habit. I'm putting the focus back again on this. Like for mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, and I know, and I already see with the results. It's my second week already in, and I already see the results. That when I have that, and I know how to do it, and I'm not suffering and anything, uh, you know, in two months I will be done. I will be at my at my at my good level again, mm-hmm. and I will keep it for next four or five years again. Uh, yeah, if not more. It depends how I'm gonna how I'm gonna track it later or control it later. Uh, but again, it's my singular focus now, but it won't be in a few months. 
yeah that, that's that's the the really amazing thing with um with the low carb diet is that um like uh, at least for me there was this this sort of um light bulb um you know, um, lighting up uh, 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 above my head that now I see like which knobs I can consciously turn, uh, like with with some effort, but not like punishing myself. Just like oh, let's let's just focus and make sure I do this and this and this, and it just works, right? Um, exactly. And I think the problem with putting too high of a standard on yourself with too many things at once, the, the things that are supposed yes. to be continuous habits and not the thing you focus on. So I'm also coming back to, to the thing we've discussed two, two weeks ago, um, is that if you have a very high standard, you start feeling a lot of guilt when you don't achieve it. And the problem exactly. with that is that it doesn't work. Like uh, the, the feelings of self guilt and and shame never work are, are never productive they, they never stimulate change they just make you feel worse like in no case guilting your own self or guilting somebody else it never helps it's never. not constructive yeah it's it's not um and when you when you um sort of ease up on yourself uh and sure hold yourself to a, a fairly high standard but but not you know the highest standard ever um, and just think about it consciously and, and not emotionally. And when you do, when you track the data, when you do the weekly review, and when you approach it in in the the podcast way, which is to observe, notice things, uh, come up with hypotheses why something changed, and come up with possible solutions. You know, uh, sort of systemic solutions uh, to such problems, and not just punishing yourself to 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 just try harder, which also never works. Um, that is is far more helpful because you're, you're not like using up your, you're not draining your um, scarce resources of, you know, uh, of, of self-control to, to always be at your best and then feel really guilty about it. It's much better to just, you know, come up with habits with little systems that push you in the right way, but without it feeling like something you must work hard on. So I can give you an example uh, uh, recently that I, I, I realized is that when you wear an Apple Watch, there is this concept of, of activity rings and streaks. So you have mm-hmm. a streak, you don't want to break a streak, right? Yeah. And it's nice, but the streak has the same problem that you mentioned before in the episode of, of having this counter on the, you know, on the, on the active, activity or new comments or, or things like that. The, the streak uh, puts pressure on you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, remember last year I was really on a big streak, activity streak. Um, so it it's good, but then like every day you want to be at the highest level. So you have to focus on this streak. And now what I realized is that I have this new um, habit app which I'm which I'm using. Um, and uh, because I want to, as, as I mentioned before, I want to keep my priority Nosby tasks in Nosby and and mm-hmm. and habits move them somewhere else. And I use this uh, habit list app. And what I like about it is that it shows me the streaks, but in, in a different, I mean, what I like about the, how, how it's done is that every day I'm controlling my habits. But for example, I just noticed that I haven't studied French in five days, mm-hmm. right? So it shows me minus five. So um, I don't know, some kind of display. I mean, the way it's displayed, it's 
it's not enticing me to always have the streak, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 it serves more as a warning. Okay, I'm looking at this list. I haven't studied for, for, the, for the five days already. So this way I don't lose focus on my, of my habit, what you mentioned, that um, I, don't, I don't completely neglect it. Now I know, mm-hmm. okay, my streak of French, I mean, <laughs> is not, not studying it for the five days. So today I have to make time. Because, you know, because it's been already five days, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose what I've already learned. And mm-hmm. the same goes for other uh, habits. So I'm trying to keep the streak, but if I miss it, it's fine. But if I see like it's minus five, I'm like, okay, minus five, it means I have to just, you know, get back to it. I don't, I, I can't for, forget about it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, um, keeping myself in check, but not obsessing about having the streak. And mm-hmm. I like this balance. I like it. And it, uh, and this habit list, this, you know, my daily habit list is my constant reminder of things I have to be, you know, monitoring. I have to be uh, uh, taking care of. And it's great. Um, right now, I'm like things like, like you would be proud of me. I'm flossing very often mm-hmm. now. So it's really great. This is yeah. a completely new habit for me. I haven't been flossing almost nothing, almost never in my, in my life. So I'm pretty late to the party. So already my teeth should be, you know, falling out. But uh, I'm doing it now and, it, it, and it's really nice. It's really helpful and I feel better. <laughs> and, and there are other habits that I'm tracking right now. And again, I'm not flossing maybe every day, but if I just see that I haven't been flossing for a day or two, it, keep, it, 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 it motivates me to floss today, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 to get back. So, so um, and to, to try to engrave this habit. Right, so um, uh, so I really like it, and and this is like the way of keeping myself in check. Yeah, that, that, that's very interesting. I, I treat my habit tracking app. Uh, I use Productive uh, differently. I only put things, only put there things that um, I really want to do every single day, like things that I consider sort of essential. And I, mm-hmm. I have the the badge on on the app so that when I I don't have something checked off or the the current part of the day because you can schedule something for morning uh, afternoon evening or any part of day uh, it just it will send me notification it, it will remind me of it so it's a bit different but uh, it, it makes a lot of sense one more observation um, regarding exercise is that um, like sometimes when you get into a habit of of something but like you don't hold yourself to the the highest standard you, you've ever achieve this this freedom from your high expectations uh brings a new joy to things like you can experience them better because you're not pushing yourself too hard uh so for example like like for me i don't i don't run regularly anymore regularly in the sense that it's not a scheduled thing like it's it's not something i do like twice a week or something um but sometimes I just see, you know, the, the the sun is up. It's a really nice day. And I'm like, damn, I really feel like going for a run. Uh, and, and I do, right? And and because it's, I, I don't push myself too hard. I, I'm not trying to to schedule it in the same way I, I've done before. And, and you do. Uh, like, I, it's it's just not as important to me anymore. But I, I still track it. Um Sort of when when I I, I do it I uh, there's a purely intrinsic motivation based on the fact that I really enjoy it and and not it's me you know feeling like it's something I I do for myself and it's important and I sort of enjoy it in that way but I'm also like 
feeling like, oh man, it's it's so hard. I, I don't I don't really feel like it, right? All right. Um, so uh, moving from that uh, and talking about diet, I um, I was thinking about um, especially this year more of an information diet for me. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before because you mentioned how you are getting rid of things, letting go of things, and one of the reasons for me to um, no one of the motivations for me was to look at my iPhone, look at things I'm reading on my iPhone, look at the things I'm reading on my um, daily websites I visit. And I realized that very often what I'm doing or what I um, caught myself doing uh, was reading lots of news twice or three times mm-hmm. just from different sources. And I realized it, I realized it was, um, it's a waste of time. <laughs> basically so for example i'm subscribing via rss to some mac central bl- blogs right then mm-hmm. i have my twitter then i have the atp podcast then i have like i have several sources of the same information mm-hmm. and when i really thought about it most of it it just overlaps all the time so okay i know more about something which is totally not related to my job. It's just something I'm interested in. But do I really have to know like the thing from a, all the angles? Mm-hmm. Not really. And if I really need to, I can dive deeper and I can study it. No problem. If I really you know, feel like it. But I, I shouldn't be feeling like it all the time, right? So, so I started seeing how I am, how I have to, uh, and I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm doing like I'm remov- I'm still using RSS for some. Uh, f- for some ways of, of subscribing to content, the, the easiest way. Mm-hmm. But I've uh, I've been removing and I'm removing still lots of, you know, uh, subscriptions so that I don't read these blogs or I'm not, not temp- tempted to read these blogs. I realized that if I have once a week and, you know, listen to an ATP podcast, I get all the news because they, you know, basically relate all the important news that are important to me. Then I have my Twitter account. So if I have, uh, if I browse th- through Twitter, Twitter once a day, I get my news like more than uh, more than I uh, more than I should ever you know care for, <laughs> and that's all I need, mm-hmm. right? And I don't need more. I don't need more channels, more things. And and recently, uh, recently I've been treating also my pocket account, uh, so read, read, read it later uh, account uh, this way that I'm adding things to pocket to read later, but I never do. But this kind of frees me up from this. Um, obligation to read it now like from this from this urge to read something now i just move it there and i know I, i'm gonna read it at some point and probably i would I, I i will not but but it's there in case i want to so this way i'm trying to really get rid of all these sources because i i thought i was very deliberate about it i thought mm-hmm. i had it pretty much set 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 up well but upon reviewing it now in the beginning of the year i realized no I've been just digesting too much information, too many details, which I don't care about, which I shouldn't care about. And if I want to, I can always do it, do it um, if I want to. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put the links in the in the show notes for the, the series of episodes uh, related to, to that. Mm. You should try giving up Twitter uh, for, for, for a few weeks and, and see how you, you feel about that. Yeah, I think I should. I think I should. Uh, I mean, you know, it's you, you might react to, react to it dif- differently than I did, but it's just it was really like the most interesting thing to me was that it was supposed to be a short experiment, 
It's just that when I was there all the time, it felt much more important than it really was. And sort of stopping to do it for a few weeks and then coming back, it makes you reevaluate it. Because a lot of things that, that seemed important when you check it, you know, probably a couple times a day and you're sort of in on, on the joke, um, turn out to actually be sort of empty sort of in, information calories. Yeah. So based on that, so I, I, will, I, will see, I will see if I can do it, but uh, I, I, I will try. Addict. No, the, one of the things that I miss, I would miss, is that I really follow my favorite um, um, basketball team on Twitter. But I'm actually, I might, I might actually just do a link to just their account on Twitter and just follow them there and just see that because every like day or two they are playing basketball. So uh, this is my way of, sh- of watching the game. I'm just watching the Twitter feed of the game so I know what's happened and that's it. So I might, I might just follow them like, or just watch their Twitter account for this and that, that's it. Yeah. I really like basketball. I mean, you can, you can, you know, save it as a, um, bookmark in safari and check it you know once every two days or whatever you you feel like yeah you're right that's a good idea okay so that might be a good experiment and based on all that what we just said there is this concept of just in time learning Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a concept from the book which is perfectly named for today's episode it's called let go how to transform moments of panic into a life of profits and purpose by pat flynn so Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income podcast. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, well, I've been following Pat Flynn for, for, for quite a while, but I was referred to this book by my friend, Michał Szafrański. And this book is really cool. Um, it's a nice story of Pat's way into online business. But what, um, but the concept of, of just-in-time learning uh, was, it was something that I was already thinking about before, but it's just so nice that somebody like you're reading a book and then somebody just tells you in your face uh, the concept you've you've been you know pondering about. Mm-hmm. So what what it comes down to is not only limiting the sources of information for me, but kind of redirecting the source of information according to what I'm doing right now. So for example, right now I am uh, like according to my plan I have two or three important marketing projects in our in our com- company to do. And they are related to some skills which I have, kind of, but I want to learn more. So now, instead of subscribing to blogs about whatever, Apple, iPhone, whatever, once I've removed those, I can subscribe to blogs regarding these techniques of marketing for this time. And this way, I'm I'm being primed by these blogs with the information I'm studying right now and testing right now anyway. You know what I'm saying? So this way, I'm just um, changing the information, the source of information, according to my goals for now. And then after I've done these goals or I've progressed and I don't need that much information from these sources, but I want to shift focus to different goals, again, I'll have to curate my source of information again to just follow or, you know, listen or whatever to these kind of sources. This way, uh, you know, I'm priming myself to these things so i'm learning uh, subconsciously my mind is working on these things while i'm just you know working on it anyway that is really interesting um i noticed i i was sort of doing a similar thing just just now like um i'm right now reading uh, better than before by gretchen rubin it's a book about 
habits and habit formation. And, you know, uh, you know, ha- habits is, it's just a, something I, I think about a lot and it's something I, I've been re- revisiting over the annual review. And so it naturally struck me as something interesting and relevant right now, right? When I'm sort of deciding on, on how to go about things. Um, and similarly, not long ago, I read Driven to Destruction at Work because I was also like interested in in uh, uh, sort of understanding better uh, the 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 nature of sort of compulsive behavior and and maybe get some new insights and and new ideas, new strategies. And you know, it 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 makes a lot of sense that you're. Uh, you're augmenting what you're going to do anyway with new knowledge. It's actually something you've you've mentioned uh, on last year's episode of the podcast that when making goals, you need to ask yourself which skills you need to acquire for that. Yeah, exactly. And and, and but but this information, I mean, diet or information refocus adds to it. So this why this what what, what we always mention on this show that you know priming yourself. Mm-hmm. to situations brings results because by priming your 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 mind your mind is working on things it's is the same you know it's the same with um, decision making you know you make different decisions if, if you're primed differently and this way um and i haven't thought about it I, i've been always like consuming the same kind of like additional information not only books but what i'm saying of books yes as you said when you want to study a subject you choose books according to the subject but i'm, I'm not saying only books i'm saying everything else like you know uh, even if, even if you if i wouldn't give up twitter i would for example completely change my following i'll need to follow people about i don't know this kind of marketing thing right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i would follow people based on habit habit tracking then i would probably follow different people you know what i'm saying like you know, completely right, right, shifting right. kind of your whole environment to prime yourself to this information. That's really interesting. So I want to try it. I will. I will. I will try with the, with blogs and, and information based on the goals that I have for the for the first quarter of this year, and I'll tell you what it, how it goes. You know, after the quarter. But um, but I'm looking forward to, to trying to uh, limit the the you know overall information that I get about the world and focus on this kind of more streamlined, more focused kind of. Uh, information that, that I would be getting apart from apart from you know um, um, deliberate practice because uh, you know because I want to of course do the, also deliberate practice in these things in these skills but apart from that you know in the other times keep being primed with this kind of information or relevant information or you know similar information yeah that, that that's really that's super interesting I'm just like I'm, I'm processing it still because it it makes so much sense, and definitely, I think simplifying um, everything, like again, the the whole series of episodes on on that, and getting rid of unnecessary stuff, and limiting, um, you know, going on an information diet is helpful here because there's a there's a limit to how much we can absorb at one time, and if we don't feel overwhelmed with irrelevant things, and like there's a bunch of stuff we follow but it's related to the sort of project at hand for a for a time for a, a couple of months for example then you know it's much easier to focus on that and like absorb a lot of information but not feel overwhelmed with that because it's all in one theme exactly 
Exactly. That's what that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like for example, when you were remember when you started uh, learning Swift, and now that you have twenty years of experience, but when you started Swift, <laughs> uh, it was the same. You started following more people about Swift, more like you, you know more more blogs about Swift. Like you know, you 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 also kind of changed the. Like, you know, the shift a little bit the way what you were consuming because you wanted to learn more about Swift. So not only learning just what what Apple just sent you on developer website, but changed the whole community kind of changed where you started participating because it was Swift. Remember? Yeah, that's right. And and that's actually really interesting that that you mentioned it because that's very related to, to the two things I've not been doing. Uh, much lately, which is again blogging and public speaking, because uh, both were very much related to uh, to the quest to uh, get really good at Swift, because that was really interesting to me at the time. Uh, that's what I wanted to learn. That was very relevant to my work at the time. Um, and then it just became a thing I do, and um, for various reasons that will become apparent in a couple of months. Um, yeah. It's been less uh, relevant lately. Um, like it's it's still part of, of 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 my everyday job, but I've been focusing on some other things uh, with programming, and so I've not had as much interest in following Swift related things in writing and in public speaking about it because it's not as relevant to me. It's not as interesting to me. I don't. I, I feel like I've. Um, I don't know. Mastered might be a, a bit of a strong word, but I, you know, I, I, I get it. I know it now, and also I don't have as much to say about it anymore because the most interesting things I wanted to say have been said, and now I'm focusing on other things, right? And so that that's an, another part of this stopping to to do things with uh, letting go uh, is that uh, I I felt for a while a little bit about this that you know it was really cool to be. Um, you know, doing things in the public like this, blogging and doing public speaking. But I realized I'm actually okay with that. Like, th- there were reasons where uh, why that was really important to me at the time, and now it isn't. And then in the future, it's very likely that will become important to me and interesting again. And that's fine. Like, uh, it's not... It's neither that important or relevant to me at the time and also it's not of strategic importance like I'm not trying to um, you know be a blogger uh, full-time right I'm, I'm not trying to to like write a book or something and so I need to be on Twitter and blog and do stuff like that so that people know my name like I don't care about that um, and so I decided that it's okay that I'm not blogging and public speaking for a long period of time and then I already see on the horizon for 2018, but for the later part of 2018, a, a bunch of new ideas and topics which are related to the work I'm doing right now. And once I can talk about that, then I'll probably have a big burst project. Um, again, uh, two weeks ago episode. And I'll write a lot about it. And maybe I'll, I'll do some talks on some conferences. And then maybe I'll be done with that for a while, and and that's okay. But it's it's just something I I've had to realize that I don't have to layer, like I don't have to continue doing things just because I've done them before. It's okay to let go because I'm also doing other things now, and I don't want to be sort of artificially consistent with uh, with things just because 
cause, like only with things that are truly important, uh, because I uh, there there needs to be space for experimentation for new things, right? Yeah, and um, it also, as always, brings me back to our discussion on essentialism. What's really essential now, and and uh, what's really essential for you? And one of the things I'm I'm letting go of this uh, year is I'm letting go of my personal website. I mean. It will still be there, the slovinsky.com, it will still be there, mm-hmm. but I won't be blogging as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, although my blog kind of picked up on traffic last week, last year, but it doesn't matter because I know that I have to shift my focus to Nosby and to Nosby-related projects and to and to Nosby marketing. And for that, I I, I have to just give up the other the other part. So it's it's hard to let go of something that is quite working, you know? But uh if I don't do that, I'm not going to progress in the other thing. So I have to really just mindfully close that or close it or just put it, you know, to a back burner or someday maybe, as I mentioned, or or, or like maintenance mode, as, as we call it sometimes. And mm-hmm. this way, I have more space and more focus to what I really want to do in my life or what I don't really want to do in my life now, in this mm-hmm. year. That's why letting go is so important and, and being able to... Uh, and and the, part, the best part is that if you're not conscious about it, there are two things that might that might happen. If you're not consciously letting go of things, you will let let, let go of them anyway because mm-hmm. stuff will happen. That's one mm-hmm. thing. And then the second thing, which is more problematic, is that you will try to maintain the other things. As you said, you will be guilty. You will be feeling guilty about mm-hmm. it, and you will do miserable job with something you've been guilty about and with the new thing. So <laughs> it will be a miserable year anyway. That's yeah. why these kind of decisions are hard, but they are important because then only then you can see the trade-offs and you can see, you can explore more, you can have, you have more power to do the things that you really want to do. All right. So uh, I guess it's time to talk about the actual uh, goal setting process next week, the, the review of 2017 and our plans for 2018. Now that we've discussed how to structure your goals, how to select your goals based on values, and how to let go of things just because you've done it before. Okay. I think we are ready for the for the discussion. All right. So see you next week. Okay, but before we jump to next week's episode, uh, we, sh- we should be, you know, getting some picks here. All right. Uh, so for this week, I wanted to recommend the book Emperor of All Maladies by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Um, this is the book of the history of cancer. Uh, and oh. it's just super fascinating. And I read the other uh, book, The Gene by Siddhartha Mukherjee. And it's just, they are quite long and super fascinating. Uh, just very interesting in general. You learn something about the world. But it's just interesting when reading things like this, for me, is that you see sort of very um, very remote parallels to like completely different things. So it's a book about you know biology and medicine and cancer. Uh, but I've, I've noticed in, in, in that sort of insights which are completely unrelated. Um, so um, yeah, definitely recommending that. Okay, um, so my pick for today, apart from the Let Go book by Pat Flynn, which I completely recommend, is another book called The Code of Trust um, by Robin Dreek, Joe Navarro, and uh, some other people here. So um, 
it's a long book uh, about trust and like halfway through the book I was getting bored but but there are a few chapters really interesting about how to um, how to be more trustworthy with your team how to evoke trust how to um, you know how to make sure that you don't lose trust of people mm-hmm. and uh, I liked it I mean it, it's all about you know uh, things that you know in it's based on the stuff from the military and not only military but it's really important for for team leaders and for the teams and uh, i really liked liked it and there are things i'm doing right which is good but there are things where i could be improving and i i like to to be reminded of that so it was a kind of an interesting read 